G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations, Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. Our series is entitled, The Son of God, Understanding the Gospel of John, Part 2. Yes, we come to John Chapter 12, and now we are focusing on the last week of the life of Jesus, because ultimately that last week is the most important week. Not just for him, but for us all. It's about his death, because paradoxically, the death of Christ will bring life to the world. It's called the Great Exchange. Christ takes our failing, sputtering, sin-riddled lives. He nails it to the cross, and in exchange, he gives his sinless, powerful, anointed, everlasting life. And so our lesson is called Christ's Coming Death based on John chapter 12, verses 23 to 36. I'd like to read a couple of verses now here, just to give us a flavor of what we can anticipate in this lesson. Let's begin with verse 29. The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it, and said that it thundered, others said, an angel spake to him, This is speaking about God's audible voice out of heaven. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And if I, I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. So here Jesus is speaking about the voice. God's voice. It's not the first time God speaks out of heaven. He spoke at the baptism of Jesus at the Jordan River. He spoke on that amazing moment of transfiguration on the high mountain. Now he's speaking again here in the last week of Jesus's life, because Jesus is praying that God will glorify his name. God says, I will glorify it. And we'll glorify it some more, but I've already glorified it in the past. And Jesus says, for your sake came this voice out of heaven. He speaks about judgment coming to the world. That judgment, of course, is both his death, his resurrection, and his second coming. And that the prince of this world will be cast out. Now, who is the prince of this world? Well, I'll give you one guess. The prince of this world is Satan, the devil, the great dragon and ancient serpent. He is the prince, small p, of this world, just as the Apostle Paul calls him the God, small g, of this world. 
the world order is under his sway. And in fact, First John tells us that the whole world lies under the wicked one. But the good news, the death of Jesus is going to change that whole corrupt world order. And that instead of Satan calling the shots, wreaking havoc and causing trouble wherever and whenever he feels like it, now Christ has taken over. And in Christ, there is new creation. In Christ, there is redemption. In Christ, there is salvation. But also in Christ, there is judgment. Judgment for those who do not know God, but redemption for those who do. Therefore, as we look at this lesson, we're going to learn that the time is at hand. And and literally within days, redemption will be ratified on that rugged Roman cross. It talks about the corn of wheat staying above the ground. It doesn't do anything, but when it dies, it brings forth much fruit, of course, referring to the life of Jesus. If you love your life in this world, you will lose it. If you hate your life in this world, you will find it. We'll learn about serving Christ, how his soul becomes troubled because of his impending death, which will be anything but pleasant. But yet his goal is to glorify the name of God and that he speaks of the magnetic pull. When he is lifted up, Jesus Christ will draw all men to himself. Now let's read the entire portion from John chapter 12, verses 23 to 36. And our lesson is called, And the Coming Death of Christ, from John 12, verse 23 to 36. It's time to hear God's word. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? But for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven, saying, I have both glorified it, and will glorify it again. The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it, said that it thundered. Others said, An angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. The people answered him, We have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. And how sayest thou, The Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. While ye have light, believe in the light, 
that ye may be children of light. These things spake Jesus, and departed, and hid himself from them. Our reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verses 23 to 36. And our lesson is called Christ's Coming Death. Well, here we go. The time is at hand. Jesus was grandly welcomed into Jerusalem on his triumphal entry, which we popularly know as Palm Sunday. Now, this caused immense angst to his adversaries, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the chief priests. A group of Greeks requested to see Jesus. Now, verse 23, the one I'm alluding to, is his immediate response. He does not address their request, apparently at all. He is literally in the last week of his life. So normal protocol was suspended. And instead, Jesus has to focus on the cross that lay before him, as well as the aftermath, because he will have a future beyond the cross. And because Jesus went to the cross, you and I have a future as well. Jesus speaks that the hour is come, that the Son of Man should be glorified. And we learn, of course, that according to Proverbs, and it says it twice, before honor and glory comes humility. Before honor and glory comes humility from Proverbs 15.33 and Proverbs 18.12. He would go through the humiliation of a secret arrest, an unjust middle-of-the-night Jewish tribunal, a miscarriage of Roman justice, which used to be so renowned in the ancient world, then the cruelest form of execution imaginable, long, protracted, excruciatingly painful, and then on top of it all, after his suffering, he, that's Christ, would enter into his glory. So with that, we focus on John twelve twenty four, the corn of wheat. As long as the corn of wheat, the smallest of kernels, stays above the ground, it is all by itself. Yet, if it goes into the ground and dies, it will bring forth much fruit. Now, this analogy perfectly fits the mission of Jesus. Because we learn about love and we learn about losing. That's John twelve twenty five. This is one of the great but easily misunderstood statements of Christ himself. In fact, this is what he actually says in John twelve twenty five: He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. Does the Lord, who happens to be the author of life, want us to hate our life, the very life he's given you? No. In order to understand this statement, take note of the phrase, whoever loves his life in this world. That's the great qualifier. If you love your life in this world, a corrupt, fallen, soon-to-pass-away, parking meter-ready-to-expire world, then you will lose it in the world to come. But if you take up your cross and follow Jesus, Dying to this world, personal ambition, desires, and lusts, 
and instead sell out to God's higher purposes, then this is exactly what it means to hate your life in this world. In fact, it's the greatest and supremest act of love you can imagine. You will keep your life, and it will endure unto everlasting life. Because after all, according to this same Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus came to this planet to give us life, and to give it to us more abundantly. However, such an abundant, grand, anointed, glorious life must be on his terms, not our own. And so we learn about serving Christ. John twelve twenty six. Jesus speaks of those who serve him, namely diakonos, where we get the English word deacon. It means to serve and attend to the master. This is the essence of Christian ministry. It means to serve God and to serve people. Ministers are basically honorable servants for an eternal realm. Christ's servants follow him, and where Jesus Christ is, there also his servants will be. He goes on to say that all who serve him will be honored by God. And then he makes a statement about his soul being troubled. And that's John twelve twenty seven. Jesus who gave himself so nobly to serve God and others, is troubled by his looming death. Hence, this is another reason why he was not in a mood to speak to the Greeks. He is only human, after all, as well as fully divine. Shall he ask God to deliver him from the hour of trial, when this was the very reason he came to the planet, to die for the world? So then Jesus prays in John twelve twenty eight, glorify thy name. In the midst of trouble, Jesus demonstrates his honorable priorities, that God's name may be honored, sanctified, glorified above all else. He's not thinking of himself in that regard. He is selfless. In fact, he has died to self, the very exhortation he tells us to do. Please note that Jesus doesn't ask us to do anything that he was not willing to do in his own person, and in fact has already done. So he's asking for this very thing, and he prays that the Father will glorify his name. Here in John twelve twenty eight, God speaks straight out of heaven. He says, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. God also spoke out of heaven at Jesus' baptism and the glorious transfiguration, as I mentioned earlier. To hear God's audible voice from heaven is a glorious thing, but to be perfectly honest, it can be terrifying. That's why the children of Israel said to Moses that they would rather he speak to them than God. They just couldn't handle that much glory. And then comes the human reaction, John twelve twenty nine. We currently have a limited capacity to handle glory. Those who heard God's audible voice thought thunder had struck. Others said that an angel had spoken. Well, of course, neither was the case. It was God himself, almighty God. And then we learn in John twelve twenty three, for whose sake God's audible voice spoke out of heaven. Jesus said that this voice was for the sake of his witnesses. 
It wasn't for him, since he could speak and hear from God anytime he wanted. But people cannot. So God made a special attempt to get through to them. And then, judgment of this world. I know that's not a popular topic at all. In fact, it's something people like to avoid. Ignoring judgment, wishing it away, will do nothing. And in fact, if you really believe in justice, not just income redistribution, but real justice, rewarding righteousness, punishing wickedness, then you should be very glad for the judgment of God. God is merciful. God is kind. God cares. But at some point, the boom gate must fall down and the wheat must be separated from the chaff. There has been plenty of time for people to mend their ways. But at some point, enough is enough. So judgment comes in this world. This is one of the great incentives not to live for this world because, after all, it's coming under severe divine judgment. The prince of this world, Satan, is being cast out, as a matter of fact. And then in John twelve thirty-two and 33, Jesus again speaks about being lifted up from the earth, a reference to his crucifixion. He is signifying the kind of death he would die. While he would be a catalyst for division between believer and unbeliever, he is also the great uniter, drawing all people to himself. But that leads us to the big question of John twelve thirty four. At times, Jesus' statements raise more questions than answers. The people were perplexed. He won their vote as Messiah, and now he's referring to his death. How could the son of David, the coming king of Israel, die, and especially die by crucifixion, since those who are hanged on a tree are cursed by God, according to Deuteronomy 21.23 and Galatians 3.13. How can God's anointed Messiah be cursed and dead? We had heard that the Messiah, the Christ, lives forever, and he does, according to Isaiah 9.7, Daniel 7.14, Ezekiel 37.25. Now you say the Son of Man must be lifted up, so who is this Son of Man? Fair question. Yet, these same people overlooked the clear prophecies about the suffering of Messiah, found in such passages as Psalm 22, Isaiah 53, Daniel 9, 24-27, which is the 70-week prophecy. So, finally, staying in the light. John twelve thirty five to 36 Rather than giving a direct answer, who is this Son of Man? Jesus speaks about being the light, walking in the light of Messiah, before the darkness overtakes you and you get lost. Now is the time to believe in the light, walk in it, so you may be children of the light. At this point, Jesus departed from them and hid himself. Because remember, his soul at this point was trouble. Now our lesson is called Christ's Coming Death. And our lesson for life is that Christ endured the heaviness of darkness and death so we can be children of light, life, and day.
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.